Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Another fine week here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and it's time for your favorite show of the week, and that, of course, is the sports page. Johnny Sampacori Sparks. Chandler Brindley should be joining us, and we'll wait for him a little bit, but we'll get things started, Corey, right, right off the bat. Sounds good. As we got a lot to go through, I got to fade you up a little bit, and we'll get things started right now. So let's start with the Titans, of course, as they had another busy week of sports, and we start with the men's basketball team. They had another full week, um, so they had they played Lawrence last week, last week Wednesday, and they won 80-74 to 74 to get things started on their week. The leading person in the scoring column for the Titans was Eddie Mensch, as he had 21 points. He's been red hot this season, and he's been one of the better Titans in the scoring column just to look on for the rest of the season. And then the Titans where they had a game Saturday and an absolute showdown, and that was versus Carthage College, the Firebirds. Quite a unique mascot, <laughs> kind of a cool one. And they won 81-66, and leading in that contest was none other than Mr. Borchert, who works under the rim. He had 23 points in the game. So right off the bat, Sparks, we're seeing the Titans getting those wins and those ideal wins that they like to, you know, you'd like to see them get. But your thoughts on these kind of opening games, still in the preseason yet, but still games nonetheless. Yeah, it's encouraging. I mean, you had the three-headed monster of Mensch, Borchert, and then Plowman scoring almost 17 a game as well. To be able to see that they are really efficient from three, and that Carthage game especially, that was close all the way until about three or four minutes left in the game, and then the Titans pulled away. They're making a lot of timely shots, so I think it's some encouraging stuff to see for sure. Yeah, and that game was kind of scrappy if, I mean, you were there. It was really chippy, and it was uh, definitely a hard defensive battle and something that I, we really, you know, we see a lot, but we take it for granted how much defense they play. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of fouls under the rim. I actually know Anthony Bernero, who was playing down oh, low. Oh, he and fouled he, out. Yeah, he got four fouls really quick, and then you could tell his minutes were going to be restricted, and then before you knew it, he's out of the game. So, yeah, lots of arms getting hooked under the rim, and the officials that night were just not having it. So that's, oh, that's they why never we have it. They like to control that court and yeah. like to make it their own. <laughs> yeah, it was very, very indicative that night of just some officials who did not want to let anything fly. So I don't know. I like the phrase, you know, let them play. And I feel like that didn't happen a whole lot. There were a lot of stoppages. But nonetheless, when it came down to it, the Titans made a lot of timely shots. And that's why they came out with the big win. Yeah, without a doubt, they made a lot of good shots. Um, a lot of good effort just driving the lane and, you know, getting inside those trees. Uh, down low, I know it's tough and you get a physical game, but, uh, you know, it was just a tough physical game against Carthage, and then I, I heard it was a good one against, you know, Lawrence too as well. Mm -hmm. So the Titans have been having a couple good games this week as we get Chandler Brindley in studio as he enters us after a, I think he has a class all the way until... Notes. We had an online module. <laughs> an online module so yes. he had to take some notes an but he does module. join us and to catch you up Chandler we're talking about the Carthage game oh, okay on Saturday thoughts on that game uh the Titans played well <laughs> okay that, that does it frankly that front does it in a short they, they won the game right so there you go yeah they definitely did they were the top dog in the game and as we see them they continue on this season just trying to make things happen and just get get some more wins as they continue on the season. They, they will soon start with the WIC, but uh, as of right now, it looks pretty good for them. 
So let's take a look at, is there any area that you could see the Titans improve in? Corey, we'll start with you. Yeah, I think they need to get going a little bit better. Carthage, especially towards the end of the first half, really started to control that game. They make a lot of a lot of timely threes. I feel like they just play a little bit soft around the arc, and Carthage was the first team, along with Lawrence as well, those were the first two teams to really challenge them. Uh, Wesleyan, obviously, beating them as well. Those, those are some teams that are really challenging them outside of the arc, and I feel like the, f the first couple of teams that they played where they were winning by a much wider margin, they weren't getting challenged like that. So just press up, respect the three. I mean, you're not the only team in the conference, let alone the country, that can shoot that. So I'd say press up early and keep that intensity going because come the second half and when they needed to do it, they played a lot more intense defense. But at the beginning, it looked a little sloppy. And if Carthage made a few more of those threes, the game could have gotten out of hand and we might be talking about a different ballgame. So I would just say more intensity early on. Chandler? I w I'm sorry, Johnny. I haven't had a great day. Okay. I, I, I wasn't listening. All right. That's all right. But we were talking about areas of improvement. If you notice anywhere the Titans could improve men's basketball-wise. Um, I'd say rebounding, but that's not true because they out-rebounded Carthage. Um, They shot outside pretty well. Maybe free throws. Maybe. I don't even – I don't know the exact stat line of that, but it seemed like early on – is his name Borchert? Seems yep. like he missed a lot early on. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have the stats See, up for him. I got 66% from the line this year for the okay. team, so that that's, could be a lot better. Yeah, that's, that's not mediocre. ideal. I mean, I, I, I think the biggest thing they could work on is just establishing the ground inside, establishing their presence inside. And uh, we saw Borchert throughout the whole game struggling and having to fight quite continually. Uh, just to get a little bit of space down there. And I think that's somewhere they could definitely open up and help to make that offense a little bit better is with, you know, getting the ball inside and just help establishing that offense through the inside the lane and ins inside the paint. So let's take a transition over to the women's team as they also had a very busy week. Starting Wednesday, the Titans went to Elmwood College and they won that game 78-46. to Arneson had 22 points in the game, as she's been red hot as well. Then on Friday, the Titans took on Alma College. I had the pleasure of calling that one, and they won once again, 72-42. to Arneson led in scoring with 29 points, 7 for 7 from three-point land. Crazy stuff. Crazy. Where, where's Alma College at? That is, uh, I believe that's Illinois. Okay. I'm not positive. Maybe, maybe it's Minnesota. I'm not sure on that one. Somewhere in the Midwest, we can count on that. <laughs> True. Google search will let us know, but Alma College. Let me. Uh... So then, finally on Saturday, day the Titans uh, took down St. Norbert College. That's where I'm from, up in the pier. I'm from Howard. Okay. But they won uh, 71 to 40, and Porath was the leading scorer for the Titans with 15. So thoughts on the Titans' week, Chandler? Do you have us with the Alma, Alma College location? It's a liberal all uh, a liberal arts college in Alma, Michigan. Oh, Michigan. Michigan. Oh, we were both off. Oopsie. I knew Midwest. that. I knew it was Michigan. I don't know why, why I was guessing. Their address is 614 West Superior Street, Alma, Michigan, 48801. Because <laughs> I know they had to go around the lake, and Calvin mentioned if they took the ferry. Oh, be I quicker. remember that. Yep. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't think they can take the ferry with a bus. Maybe. Unless it's one of those Wisconsin ducks. You just, you know. But I think they're shut down by now. Oh, that's true. You'd have to take two little buses probably. Yeah, I don't know how you'd navigate that. That'd be, uh, yeah, 
That'd be tough, but it would be quicker if you go across right. the lake you rather than around Lake the, Michigan. The yeah. belt. <laughs> have to go through all those other cities, you know, like Ohio in Ohio and uh, then Chicago and head your way back up. Yeah, so that's quite the road trip. It is. That's. But let's take a look at, let's ask, <laughs> ask this question as we have a little bit of fun. The travel question. We so. got totally, we always get knock, knocked off the sports part of the show, even though it's called the sports page. Um, so thoughts on the Titans this week, uh, like just on oh, their overall games and their success. They've seen three wins in three games. This is women's, right? Yep. That's a solid win, 71-40 over St. Norbert. That's, yeah, I would say so. 72-42 over Alma. Okay, yeah. I mean, They're those posting are up 70s. Two solid, two solid Actually, victories. Actually, three, if you look ahead. Homewood, too, yep. Yeah, 78-46. So the women's team Nothing just been but positive. Just putting in buckets, and that's what we kind of expected here at this station. As they're one of supposed to be one of the better teams. Very businesslike. They have a businesslike approach. And that's kind of Brad Fisher's <laughs> mentality. Just true. We come, we do our thing, you get and out. we hit the showers, and we put the freshmen in like halfway through the third quarter sometimes because we're beating the other team by so much. I mean, talk about depth. There are a lot of women getting minutes this year because. I mean, look at the score. It's not competitive, so it's good for them. So it says here on the website, the UW Oshkosh Titans website, that uh, Coach Fisher recorded yep. his 200th coaching yep. victory. I was mm-hmm. going to mention that. But how, yeah. how long has he been here, Johnny? Ten years, I believe. Ten so years. 20 wins per season. Yep. So the same as Justine. Wow. That's pretty good knowledge of it, Justine. Isn't that? <laughs> I listen Your in Justine class. trivia? Justine trivia here on the page. I listen in class. He listens in class, ladies and gentlemen. 200. Congrats to uh, Coach Fisher, although I've never met him. He's a great guy. Very businesslike, actually. Oh, you hit the he, nail if on you, the head. But if you mess with his schedule, oh. Have you messed with his schedule? I tried to once, and oh. it was not good. <laughs> tried to get an interview real quick, mm-hmm. and just not happening. Probably told you to go sit down by your dish, huh? Yep. But nice guy, yeah, nonetheless. Uh, just very uh, schedule-orientated is one thing I noticed about him. And so let's take a look and see if, is there any area to improve? They are winning by, you know, 30-plus points. And they're kind of dominating the other team. I don't really know. I mean, for me, it's small. But just having a third person, I mean, Porath and Arneson are the one-two punch right now. And I think Casey Vale, she's their center. She's like 6'1", tallest on the team. She's starting to turn into that third person. I think if one of the two is off, I mean, you can't lean on Porath or Arneson to score all the points. I mean, so far they've been able to, but come conference play, that's not going to fly. Well, Osterman's been quite good. Osterman as well, yeah. She was really good from three, so I think just they got a picture of her on here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They usually do on the sports pages. (laughs) Yeah, Osterman or Vail have both been doing really good. (laughs) And in case you're wondering, ladies and gentlemen, she does a sports update on Wednesdays. Nice. Yeah, so she she was good. I know she was, I can't remember, maybe four for five from three-point land. She was very good that game, though. Uh, Maybe maybe it was three for four, but, yeah, she was very good. Um, She's starting to gain some confidence, I think, in herself as a, I believe she's a true sophomore. Yep, so she's their starting point guard already, and she got a lot of minutes her freshman year, too, so they've been using her a lot. And then I do want to mention, I know it was a little bit of a concern that uh, Brooke Freetag was limping, but I did text her, and she said she just tweaked her knee. Uh, doesn't think it's anything too serious. So I see. That's positive news. Because one of the more, I would say, tried players on that team, she's been around, uh, she's a senior now, so. Mm-hmm. I say we brace it up and play on it. <laughs> you know what? The, I always thought about the old Ray Lewis armband, like for Rashawn Gary. If you put I'm just, 
I'm just saying. Is that cheating almost when you wear that big of an armband, that metal? We always had a guy that, like, broke his wrist in high school football, and he used the club. You know, yeah. like you wear a cast, and they yep. put that, that big club around it. I always said use it as a weapon. I mean, if honestly, that was a weapon. <laughs> yeah, on use the it as a weapon. Yeah, I said give him a give him a good swat to the helmet. It's Don't fall plas- over. Got a bunch of plaster on there. It's, it's gonna yeah. It's, it's like gonna, a, it's, like a, a, it's like a big claw. It's like a. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a big whopping stick on it's your arm. Intentionally break yeah. the wrist to get the claw. Okay. <laughs> I was just like, I mean, when I was assistant coach, I said Cooper, use that to your advantage, man. I mean, yeah. honest to God, like they're they're allowing it. Use it. What if you double clubbed? He got flagged. <laughs> you couldn't grab anybody? You wouldn't ever get called for holding if you double clubbed. <laughs> I just, no I grip, just, right? Some, yeah, that's right. Just <laughs> straight clubs. I said, just, just give him a goal, thwop over the helmet, he'll move. Yeah, if you give him a little knock on top of the brim. He played D-end. Oh, he did? Yeah. I so said, he's a pass rusher. I said, just give him a, I said, just give him the old forearm shimmer and uh, give, him, give him the, the knock over the head, and I guarantee uh, he'll... He, he he'll got, back off. He got flagged. I said, Cooper, you got to stop now. Or we're going to get in trouble. <laughs> you got flagged for that? Yeah, he did. And this was a personal foul. Oof. Ooh. So a big one. Or like an, an intentional. Yeah. The, the like... most severe of flags in, in high school football. Yeah. It was, it was, I mean, it was 100% my fault. Yeah. Well, we're not, we're not putting blame on this defensive end but yeah. <laughs> no it wasn't it definitely wasn't hit he wouldn't have done it if i wouldn't have told him i said look at this club you're wearing use it <laughs> Goes and out back there to the sports page <laughs> <laughs> get back on track a little bit here but coming out of the break we or let's we talked about areas improvement i believe right mm. and so let's keep on moving and so coming out of the break the titan women have eau claire and lacrosse to open up the conference play um how do you fellows think they doing that I'll start with Sparks. Yeah, I think that Eau Claire's coming out hot this year, 3-0 and so far. But I trust, I mean, lacrosse has been a tougher team historically. They still have most of their personnel from last year. I don't think Eau Claire will be too, too much of a challenge. It's still a conference game, so the starters will be out there for longer. Lacrosse is going to be an interesting one. I mean, they've split a lot of games with UWO, but I do believe that UWO can get it done. Just as long as Porath, Arneson, and some third person are on, whether it be Casey Vale or Kennedy Osterman or Freetag, if she's healthy, as long as there's some third presence there and they continue to play this defense that's allowing, like, 40-something points a game, they'll be just fine. Yeah, without a doubt. Who won the conference last year, Johnny? Uh, the Titans. It was us, yep. Titans, okay. Second place you thought was lacrosse? I thought it was Whitewater. It was Whitewater, Whitewater. okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, but lacrosse is right in that conversation. Right. Mm. They'll, they'll, they'll probably beat Eau Claire. The lacrosse game is here. Um, I believe, actually, that's the one here we play in Eau Claire. Okay. So, yeah, I believe that's home on the 4th. Okay. And we'll have that broadcast right here. Right. It'll be interesting to see uh, how they adjust from a non-conference to a conference schedule, um, like that has anything to do with it. But um, well, I think it does a little bit. I, I think uh, um, the Titan men are a good team, and I can't say that enough, but it uh, watching them, it makes me really wonder how the rest of the, the WIAC is because um, – I mean, you say lacrosse is a talented team. I know Platteville's usually traditionally in good. In men's, yeah. Right. They're so both talented. Uh, I th- I Whitewater think, as well. Yeah, I, I I hope they beat them both, but I, I feel like, you know, they're going to have to they're going to have to uh, establish an L here somewhere along the line. They're not going to go undefeated. Be nice if they did, but lacrosse might be that. Well, we're that talking notch. about women's right now, though. Yeah. 
So we're back over on the other side of the plane. Oh. It's uh, Eau Claire, they, and then they play lacrosse at home in the women's side. And women's is good, too, lacrosse. I think the women's team's better than the men's. Yeah. I would I would agree with that in terms of, I mean, given they've only lost one player, right, Sparks? Yeah, pretty much. Reef? And then going back to last year, women's won the conference, and uh, men's struggled. I believe they got first or second round. Don't quote me yeah, on that. Yeah, they got knocked off by Platteville. It was, pl- it was a very close game, too. Or lacrosse. Yeah. Ooh. It was one of the two. Our WEAC trivia. Boy, am I out of it here tonight. Yeah, I was going to say, we kind of went I off haven't and had, a, had to I catch haven't had you. A good, uh, I haven't had a good afternoon. I haven't had, well, I had a good morning. But this cheers you up. Uh, I don't know. I, oh, wow. I, I haven't had a, I haven't had <laughs> a good slammed. afternoon. I uh, I took my statistics test, Johnny. Yeah? How'd that go? Was it a guessing game? It, it could have gone better. I think I did better than the last exam, but I uh, I need to go talk with Mr. Van Essler. It's all about little little base hits. <laughs> That's all we're looking for. But uh, let's move on and get into other news as we don't need to discuss Chandler's statistics test. But in women's cross country, this is a big story. Hannah Lorenz, one of my old, um, I would say she was one of my, we lived next to each other in the dorms and stuff for two years. Uh, she finished 31st at the national meet with a time of 2141.6 in the 6,000 meter race with, along with uh, against 293 runners. So wow. a big congratulations to her. I mean, cross country is tough. Especially once it's good, once it gets colder out, you got to bring all that cold air. Yeah. Yep. No, thank you. Props to her. Yeah, I was going to say, 21 minutes? I mean, that's impressive for... For a 6K, too. That's crazy. What would that be in miles? What did she place? I'm 31st reading this. out of the Nationals. This is a very hard article to read on this website. Just want to point that out. It's 3.7 miles, by the way, Johnny. 3.7 miles? I couldn't finish that in 21 minutes. That'd be three hours. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> I don't I don't know how she does it. She just, I know she she runs a lot, obviously. Um, Brindley, any thoughts on that? 21 minutes? I'm trying to remember what it took me in high school to run the 100-meter dash. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, multiply that by 60. A lot. Yeah, like... And you apply for uh, like 26 uh, miles to that, and <laughs> yeah. you get your speed. It wasn't good. That yeah. involves math. I'm not good at math. Now, have you seen the new Madden, um, like, running? You can do the time, like, the 40-yard dash. Oh, they brought it back. Yeah, there used to be something on, like, believe it or not, the Wii, like, a like decade a, ago. The training mode or whatever. Yeah, combine. Oh, boy. But I know people put side-by-side videos of, like, you know, yeah. starting yeah. from different it's, locations. It's a trend on the old Instagram. It is. <laughs> it's a big thing right now. If you're looking to get into the big Instagram game, that's the way to do it. Kudos to her, though. Seriously, that's awesome. Yeah, way to represent the Titans. Yeah, Hannah Lorenz, once again, big congratulations from your old pal that lived a few doors down in the dorms. But I'm going to hit the goal horn. And that means we're going to head over in Chandler Brindley's favorite section. And that, of course, is the Badgers. And I'm sure, you know what, do you have the sheet up right now? Uh, I was going to let you introduce it. Uh, You didn't share it with me. I did share it with you just now. I'm not logged in. Oh, well, nonetheless. So let's go into the Badgers section and Chandler Brindley's favorite section. I know he was pumped about the game this weekend. As the Badgers lost. (laughs) Badgers get another win, beating Nebraska 35-28. And taking a look at some of the stats, Mertz, 12 for 18, 145 yards, one touchdown. 
A um, lot, of, lot of it was through the run game and Braylon Allen. As Allen had 22 carries, 228 yards, and three trips to the red end zone. And then finally, in the passing game, Ferguson had eight catches, 92 yards. So thoughts on the game? Chandler, we'll start with you because you're all ready to go. You remember the name Ches Malusi, right? Yep. Forget about it. <laughs> That's his bold take on the day. It's going to be the Braylon Allen show for at least three years, maybe four. Is that the hot take of the day? That's all I have to say. Can we put your name next to that? So all you got to do it? is just turn around and hand it off to have him. Have a He's quote with that. I'll sign my background right picture. Man. 240 pounds and he moves the pile. With a background picture of like a beach? Chess Malusi, forget his name. <laughs> I just sketched in the sand. Chandler Brindley. I mean, he's good enough to. He was good enough as a senior in high school to run the, to run the ball, Division One. I. I mean, seriously, I, I just I can't get over the fact of how many. It just it amazes me every year how Wisconsin finds guys like this. I just you know like coming into the season, you know Taylor, gone NFL. Last year they had like Groshek. But he was, I mean, he was he was a you know a, a third down back, not an all-purpose guy. And then this year we're like, oh, okay, cool. Mr. Jaden Berger's show, or right, that was his name, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh he's gone, right? Entered the yep. transfer portal, and I'm like, okay. So now we're in this like limbo trying to find a running back. And Braylon Allen from Fond du Lac North. Like, seriously, like, I I I think he went to North Fondy? I oh, think the he's Orioles real, struggle now. They he's really a miss real him. deal. They really miss him. They miss him. <laughs> he played like quarterback, running back, linebacker, safety, defensive tackle. Just I watched Jason his and Hill to shame. His huddle highlights were awesome. <laughs> he's a man amongst boys, children. That's what I usually go with. But yeah, let's talk about Sparks. Thoughts on the game? I mean, they got their answer in the backfield. I can only wonder what would have happened if they figured it out sooner. I mean, he's 17 coming into the team. They're not going to give him the spot right away, although if they looked at his huddle, like Chandler said, they might have done it. Um, Yeah, they look great, and it's setting up a really intriguing matchup against Minnesota. After, I mean, that game was close. It came down to a fourth down for Nebraska on, like, Wisconsin's 20, 25, correct me if I'm wrong, somewhere in there. But Nebraska just kind of gave what Wisconsin, or took what Wisconsin gave them, just a lot of underneath routes, so... That's why it was as close as it was. But Braylon Allen's ridiculous. Ten yards a carry, dude. That's I don't a under- first down every time. I don't understand how, like, Nebraska consistently every year, and it hasn't been just under Scott Frost. It was the same way under Mike Riley. It was the same way under Bo Pelini. They come into these games versus Wisconsin. doesn't matter if it's in Lincoln. doesn't matter if it's in Madison. And they're like, yeah, we're going to play a base defense, and we're going to make Wisconsin throw it. And I'm, and I'm like, all right, cool. It never works for them. They load the box, and our backs still break a gain for, like, 15, break a gain for 35. I mean, they're consistently in their secondary, and I'm just kind of like, I don't know if it's a matter of them recruiting guys not to stop the run or or what it is. They, they should have transitioned from Big 12 football into Big 10 football by now. It's a run-heavy conference. I know the, the Big 12, they like to throw it around, but I'm kind of like, what's the, why can't we ever stop the run? <laughs> like, ever, ever, Gotta ever. Gotta get with the memo. I'm just like, it's, I mean, it's like, it's kind of like Rutgers in a way, but I, I will mention this. Um, I think it's wise that, that Scott Frost has gone back to the old 
triple option days of Nebraska football, although he's running it out of the spread. It's a better productive offense, I think, for the Cornhuskers. I mean, they've they've they're the best losing team in Division One college football. I oh, think. all their games are close. If yeah. you look at them down the line, they're all by like seven or ten they or only three. Lo- they only lost by like three to Ohio State. Yeah, and Ohio State routed Michigan State. Yeah, we'll get into that. <laughs> that was so, that was nuts. That so was not like, a football they game. They are. They're the best. I think they're the best. They are. They're the they're the the best losing record in Division One football. The Nebraska Cornhuskers. Yeah, Nebraska hasn't found their way in forever. They find ways to lose games. Yeah. I just, I don't know. But Braylon Allen, remember that name. This uh, this Tuesday night, Monday night. I don't even know where I'm at anymore, Johnny. (laughs) It's Monday. Breaks around the corner. Don't worry about it. I'm just ready to go home. (laughs) I've had enough. And Brindley's out. He's had enough. But, uh, so... Here's another question that kind of goes along with it. And I guess, are the Badgers playing their best football? You want me to go? Yeah, let's okay. go. Okay. Are the Badgers currently playing their best football? Um, I, uh, As a whole team, I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think offensively they're better than when they played Penn State at the beginning of the year. Defensively, I think this week we maybe took one or two steps back. And that and that's all I have to say. Sparks. Pretty much the same thing. The run game is established. I think it's improved astronomically. It's still not what we've seen in the past. I mean, they are what are they? Eight and three for a reason now. Yeah, they dropped against Penn State. There's Michigan. Michigan. And, and Notre, Dame. Notre Dame. Jack Notre Dame. Yeah, that's right. Uh yeah. And then with defense, yeah, they took a step back, but If we're looking at the last, like, five or six games, I would say the defense has gotten better, too. Nebraska just knows how to make close games. Like, they're good television. They just don't know how to finish it off. (laughs) That's the nicest way to say it. That is. That's true, though. (laughs) They make their fans watch the whole game. Yeah, I mean, uh, Nielsen's probably thrilled with them. thrilled. (sighs) Yeah. I don't understand. Never a blowout, even against Ohio State. I mean, it's been that way all year for them, though. It has. Now, what, what was the game... And it was Martinez went for a, a QB option, and he ran it, and then basically, I think it was against Michigan because I forgot what they lost by it against them. Okay. But I remember sitting there watching it, and Martinez went on a QB option. He took it himself, and he got a first down, but he didn't go down. Oh, and then the and ball. And then basically the ball got stripped like a baby <laughs> right out of his hand, like standing up. I always love when they when they go to pitch it, and there's nobody there, and then the ball's on the, and I'm like, oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of those plays where it's like they would have won it, if they had had they you know kept that drive going, so find yeah. the ground. But yeah, he job. didn't want to go to the ground. He <laughs> ran right into the, the secondary. Just took and it basically from him. like three guys like ran up to him and like went straight for ball. Nebraska has more talent than any team, but they like they don't, they can't finish games. No, they can't. They're just so bad at it. I don't know. It's they've been that way since they've been in the Big Ten. I mean, they just, they're not like, I don't know. It's very odd, very odd in Lincoln. Yeah, it's, you wonder why they aren't good. <laughs> and it's just like there's something in the water that says you got to lose. <laughs> just just, they do these things like they just don't make sense to me. Yeah, certainly. I just wanted to mention that because I remember that from a couple weeks ago. Um, so let's get back to the Badgers, though, and let's talk about them. They take on Minnesota this week. And how does that one go? Of course, we'll start with Brindley. Oh, 
the battle for the axe, huh? Okay, so it's in Minneapolis. Um, 3 p.m. kick. Didn't know that. It's uh, it's been updated. Badgers are 18th. Hmm, okay. Um, <laughs> it just go, runs so through the we, whole uh, resume. Wisconsin usually has this one game where the defense kind of struggles, and I think they had that against Nebraska. So I would expect them to rebound against Goldie Gopher. Um, traditionally, Minnesota hasn't been a great defense against Wisconsin's offense, whether stopping the run or throwing it. I remember a few years ago, Jack Cohn had like, I don't know, probably 230 yards passing just between him and Quintez Cephas in Minneapolis when it snowed against the Gopher secondary. So, I mean, um, I think the Badgers will win. It'll probably be close, though. I don't think it'll be as close as it was last year. Last year was an overtime game at Camp Randall. Uh, 20 to 17, the Badgers won. But I, I think the, the Badgers go up there and they they, they claim the X. It won't be easy. Um, Minnesota gave Iowa a heck of a game, although I'm trying to still figure out how Iowa's ranked. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's my two cents on it. Badgers win. You want me to give you a score prediction? Yeah, why not? Oh, boy. Badgers 28, Minnesota 17. And so Badgers do come out on top. I think so, yeah. I mean, it could be worse than that, too. Like, I have a feeling. I mean, we haven't. Paul Chris likes to go up there and run all sorts of trick plays. Like, they, they did that a few years ago. Even on special teams, they ran a reverse. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's open playbook and it's like, here we come. <laughs> they they tend not to like Mr. Fleck up there. I, uh, I've noticed that. There's a little bit of a, a tension in the room between um, – P.J. Fleck, and uh, Jim Leonard. So, yeah. And over to Sparks. Yeah, let's go 30-13, another 200-yard rushing day for Allen because historically that Minnesota defense, I mean, they can't really stop anything when they play Wisconsin, but especially the run, I mean, the offensive line just bullies them. So I'll say 30-13, to and Allen gets another 200-yard performance. That'll work for me. <laughs> You're happy as a clam over there. Oh, it doesn't bother me at all. I, no, I would I just wouldn't. assume the... The axe would stay in Madison. Don't even bring it. <laughs> well, it used to be, Corey, it used to be that way. <laughs> they used to not even bring it out of the, the. Uh, I think the first time it actually saw daylight was uh, 2017 when Hornibrook lost the game for them. I mean, mm-hmm. literally single-handedly lost the game for them. Oh, Hornibrook. <laughs> Isn't he at uh, Florida State? He graduated. He graduated? Who's one at Florida State now? That was... Uh, it uh, was Hornibrook. Well, and then Our the backup lefty. was Cone. Okay. And then Cone played the year, broke the foot, had a great Rose Bowl. I mean, yeah. he, he did. He looked really good in the Rose Bowl. I, was, I thought we were set I, the next season. I said, geez, we lost the Rose Bowl by, you know, one point. I said, here we come. We're going to be the favorite in the Big Ten. And then he broke his foot, and Cephas went to the draft. And Mr. Mertz had a great COVID start to the season. And then since then, he has been just about like any other Wisconsin Badger quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I would say Mertz, uh, given I remember when he was uh, picked by, or, you know, recruited by Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and everybody was all pumped about it because mm-hmm. he had these great ESPN stats, and mm-hmm. he was supposed to be the next best thing since sliced bread. We had that a number of years ago. You remember Kurt Phillips? I do not. No, okay. He had, like, a number of ACL, MCL. I mean, okay. he, had, he had, like, 
multiple surgeries on both knees. Anyway, dual threat guy. And this had been prior to the Scott Tolzien era. Okay. So like prior 2009, probably 2008 was probably. Anyway, they would bring him in. They had a special package. Anyway, he he hurt himself and he was never the same kind of guy. I mean, to the point, even when Gary Anderson had him, the Melvin Gordon years, he was he was really bad. But yeah, kind of the same kind of deal. Well, let's take a look at some of the scores from the Big Ten. Uh, taking a look, uh, Ohio State, as we mentioned, routed Michigan State 56-7. Penn State found a win over Rutgers 28-0. Purdue took down Northwestern 32-14. Iowa beat Illinois, and that was a 33-23 scoreboard. And then taking a look at Michigan, they took down Maryland once again 59-18. And then Minnesota 35-14 over Wendell's Indiana Hoosiers. 35-14. Man, the Hoosiers were they were good last season. That, that would make sense, though. Indiana football is usually never good, and then we have a weird season involving COVID, and they're good. So that just makes that just adds to 2020. So anyway, yeah. So are the Badgers the best team in the Big Ten West? I think that's pretty simple. Oh, I think so. Uh-huh. And I don't think they're playing their best football yet. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think they're the best. Sparks? Yeah, I would say the same thing as Chandler pretty much. I mean, if they can improve a little bit and beat Minnesota by two or three scores, which I think they'll be able to. That'll be a good confidence booster going into the Big Ten Championship, which will be determined after this week. Yeah. I think they're definitely the best right now, and they don't even have to be playing their best football. They're probably at like 85%, 90%, and if they can kick it up that extra notch, it's it's not even close over there in the West. Um, Let me ask you this. Say Wisconsin plays Ohio State or Michigan in the uh, the Big Ten Championship game. I know if Ohio State loses, that would drop them out of the national title contention, I believe. For sure. Yep. So it would then come down. The winner of the Big Ten title goes to the Rose Bowl and plays the winner of the Pac-12, who I thought was going to be Oregon, but it looks more like Utah now. Yeah, they laid an egg. Yeah, Oregon's done. um, Anyway, but if that doesn't happen, Wisconsin plays Ohio State. Ohio State wins, goes into the the championship deal. Mm Mm-hmm. Who goes to the Rose Bowl? Is it Wisconsin or is it Michigan State or Michigan? Probably one of the Michigans yeah, just because they've been a higher rank and Wisconsin's kind of been on this constant uphill climb. Okay. I w- that's just my guess. I mean, I'm not yeah, in the committee, I'm obviously. A, but yeah, I'm not in the committee, but I would have guessed one of the Michigan teams. Okay. I, that's what I, I was I was wondering how that would work. I mean, yeah. So they I, would have to win it outright to mm-hmm. go to Pasadena. Okay. Yeah. Probably whoever loses so. by less to Ohio State, which is looking like is going to be Michigan, unless Michigan pulls out know the upset of the year but yeah that would be that'd be something mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's been oregon did at the beginning of the season so yeah, I, mean, I, I watched that doing my laundry in the fletcher basement <laughs> chandler loves to do his laundry oh i spend more time there than i do in a lecture hall yeah um but let's keep moving on let's get over to the basketball side of the badgers as um Yikes. We keep moving on in the show, and so we'll start with men's basketball. They lost to Providence 63-58. to <clears throat> Davison was able to put up 25 points for the Badgers, and they were currently, when I was doing the page, playing, I believe, Texas A&M. I do not have a score update there. Yeah, final 69-58, Wisconsin. Oh, so they did come out with a win. Um, but thoughts of the Badgers uh, so far this season? 
Yeah, what was that bump in the road versus Providence? What was that was that was even at the Cole Center, right? So I don't know a lot about this team. I've said that before, but that right there has me a little bit worried, Mister Guard. Yeah, um, I was expecting them to beat Providence. I, Providence, big hockey school. They they've been in the Frozen Four a few times and okay. done quite well, but I never known them to be a basketball school. Yeah, I, I believe uh, it's the Dutchman. I, it doesn't matter. I have Friars <laughs> up here, but I'm not sure. They, I don't know. Nah. I'm not surprised, I guess, in a way. Yeah. They're young. I mean, I, they probably will, I don't know, they will probably won't be the bottom of the Big Ten, but they'll probably be a little <laughs> less than average. Yeah. I don't expect the Badgers to be great this season. Probably um, not. But let's turn it over to Sparks. Thoughts on the game this week and... Thoughts on the Badgers, either success or lack of it. Yeah, they should have won this. I mean, Providence is 4-0 and after that win now, but their strength of schedule isn't that big, and apparently adding Wisconsin to that, you know, doesn't make their strength of schedule that big at all, or that good at all. Yeah, they should have won that. They started out really slow. I mean, they just lack personnel other than Davis, and it's a bunch of young guys right now, and I think it's going to be even uglier. It's going to get better. It's going to get worse before it gets better because once Davison's gone, all this young personnel is going to have to really grow up and form a cohesive unit that can win in the Big Ten. Because if you're losing to Providence, if you're losing to all of these out-of-conference teams, it's going to be a rough ride in a week or two. They're going to lose tomorrow night. They play Houston. They're 12th. Yeah, that's that's going to go even worse, in my opinion. I mean, they just... yeah, They, they get off you. to really slow starts. I think that's part of the issue. But even when they catch, quote-unquote, fire, it's not what we're used to seeing out of this basketball team at all. Listen to this. Listen to this schedule. So they play Houston tomorrow night, who's ranked 12th. Georgia Tech on Wednesday the 1st. They play Marquette. Indiana and Ohio State. That's a tough schedule. That is. I was gonna say, I, Marquette's good. I mean, I. <sighs> I don't even know Marquette's ranked, but they're good. The Big Ten's a gauntlet. I mean, but anyway, I. I don't know. It'll be. I. I don't know if it'll be a losing record, but it. It might be like five hundred. Yeah. Well, let's transition over to the women's ball for the Badgers and just kind of close out this Badger block. And we take a look at, and we see the Badgers, they lost to uh, Bradley, 64-57. Yeah. to Stephanie Hilliard was the leading scorer with 19 points. And is this the team to turn the program around? No. No? Not at all. They might win tonight, though. They play the Chicago State Cougars. They're 0-4. It's a 6-30 tip. It's at the Kohl Center. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Um, but over to Sparks real quickly. Do you think they can turn this team to turn it around? I mean, I think they're another recruiting class away. There will be improvement. A lot a lot more young personnel on this team as well. In the next couple of years, you'll see the record improve. But is it, I'm seeing 38% from the field. That's not going to do it. Bradley. Where is Brad? What is Bradley? That's a really good question. What is that? <laughs> I have no idea. But as we... The Bradley Braves. Braves. Oh, my gosh. Yep. It's not a good look right now. It's not at all. I can't believe. She's going to get canned. You think Mosley will get canned after one season? Johnny, they won't put up with it, Matt. They will not. They won't. Well, they, they put won't. up with it for a number of years. And notice none of them have stayed there more than maybe five That's years. True. That's yeah, true. High turnover rate. I mean, they won't. They, they can't. They can't afford it. They, they can't. The ticket prices are going to be bad. It's, yeah. it's going to be a money issue. They had to go this, to the state a number of years back because the athletic department was bankrupt because they were so bad. Well, let's 
get off that low note. I'm just saying. And just finish off this. They're not going to do it again. Badger. And now we're going to put the herd in here because I was there last night at the herd game. Oh. In a fantastic game against the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. And Kiefer Sykes was on Fort Wayne. So it was good to see him. He was a GB grad or GB player a number of years ago. Uh, very talented. But they won 114 to 102. And Sparks, if you want to help me with this name, it was Sandro Memo Kalashavili. And he had yeah. 22 points. He was that's, a, that's a fun name. We got he, another Giannis last name, man. He, oh, was, um, he had 10 rebounds and two assists. But I just want to give a score update there as we give a little recognition to the herd as they had a fun one last night. So now with the sound of the horn, I'm going to fade it down just a tad. There we are. That means it's time for the pro block and everybody's favorite segment, except it may not be so Ugh. fun today for Chandler and I. I think Sparks is going to have a field day over there. Uh, well, his team no, lost. we his lost, team too. Lost. They we lost a heartbreaker. They, they had a the they were leading at half, weren't they? What's up? They were leading at half, weren't they? Uh, down 6-0 at half, got oh, okay. up 14. Oh. Was it 14-13? And then, no, it was 14-something. I don't know. Gave up a touchdown with like a minute left. Oh, so. you had a chance at Lamar. What do you mean? 16, 13. Oh, the bear. Duh. That Lamar duh, wasn't even bears. there. They did the. They did a duh, bears. Yeah, uh, yeah missing two linebackers. Let's get were right hurt. into our the block before we run over Sparks and his takes. But the Packers. So they kind of slipped on ice here this weekend and they lost. Um, so I'm going to have to play this. But yeah, they lost 34 31. As that is my reaction to when I saw that scoreboard. But, yeah, the Packers did not play well. Uh, they didn't open up well. As we see, Rodgers, 23 for 33, still golden, 385, four touchdowns. Cousins also had a big game, 24 for 35, 341 yards, three touchdowns. Dylan had 11 carries for 53 yards, while Cook had 22 carries for 86 yards and one touchdown. And then finally, Valdez Scantley had four catches, 123 yards, one touchdown, and Jefferson had eight receptions, 169 yards, and two touchdowns. So thoughts on the Packers slip up? Brindley, hit us with it. My man, Mr. Crosby, is... Uh, He's struggling. Uh, I hope they don't cut him. You know why I think he's struggling? I thought about this. It's because he's getting older. He's probably kicking it, trying to kick it harder. To get it that distance, you know, and just trying to overplay his leg. I don't know. What is, can I ask a question? I didn't watch the game past halftime. Does, does any, do either of you know what this Jordan Love rush is for negative one yard? I'm assuming I, I a trick play. I didn't watch the game too close. Yeah, either. I didn't watch it. <laughs> okay. Either, but. And I just was wondering that. I noticed they ran a play. <clears throat> the, uh, the play calling got rather interesting in the second half for Green Bay. They ran a fullback dive with Randall Cobb, and he option pitched the ball to AJ Dillon for like 15 yards. It yeah, the play seems calling a got a little backwards. It was uh, really <laughs> weird. It yeah, was it was a know. really interesting call. So like Rogers gave it to Cobb, and then he pitched it. It was it was cool. I was like, I'm running that play. I thought it was neat. But uh, yeah, the the Packers are struggling. They, I think they they might lose when they when they play the Rams next week. Yeah, we'll get to that. I I they do. Um, yeah, they had a tough one. Uh, Sparks, this is your moment. <laughs> so I think they played the first. 
uh, how do I say this? Because they've played some good quarterbacks this year. They played the first guy who's willing to be patient and pick a defense apart in a while. I mean, they went up against Justin Fields and the Bears. He's still figuring himself out, to say the least. They went up against Joe Burrow, and he almost won that game. They go against Heineke, who loves to throw it deep. Murray loves to throw it deep. Mahomes loves to throw it deep. And Wilson has, like, I don't know, injured fingers still, an injured hand. So Cousins, he's doing great this year. 21 touchdowns, two interceptions. I think they finally had someone with amazing weapons, too. Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, one of the better one-two punches in a wide receiving core in the league. That that secondary got challenged a lot. I thought they were going to stand up a little more, even though that this personnel, especially on the Vikings offense, is very impressive. But I think they just faced someone in Kirk who is very tactical. He's not going to get impatient. He's not going to force anything, especially this year. And that's what happened. The, the offense looked fine. They just got in a shootout, a shootout and they lost it. See, what I think happened is the Packers kind of thought they were they were expecting to win this one mm. and kind of took the bus trip over and just went, we got this. Yeah, and the they do that all the time. Out, <laughs> they get too comfortable in a spot, and then they end up losing it like they did this past weekend. Let's ask the next question. It's been a tough week for – or tough weekend for Packers fans, but uh, thoughts on the loss of Elton Jenkins tore his ACL – yeah, that's going to hurt. That's going to hurt. They're already thin on O-linemen. Yeah, I, I thought so too. Um, um, really, it's just I, he plays guard, right? Yeah, I think he played left tackle yesterday. Okay. And, yeah, he is a huge weapon. And I don't know why, but it always seems like the injury bug hits Green Bay every year. Yeah. The, Around this time, too. They, <laughs> they really could use a bye week. I think they're a week or two from that. I think they got to play the Browns on Christmas Day before they get to their bye. But uh, no, that that's gonna hurt them, Johnny. It is. Oh, it will. And it'll hurt the run. I don't know when when Mister Bach is coming back, but yeah, uh, he's, probably, he's probably due any any week here. I would think. I mean, you would like to think he would but, be able to be back, but we'll we'll see. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's going to hurt. The injury bug always hits our offensive line, and I would love to just see what kind of stretching program they go into. Here's the thing I've noticed. If you look at Wisconsin, the Badgers' offensive line, they all wear wear those knee braces. Yep. Nobody on the Packers' offensive line wears a knee brace. And it would be huge. for Lucas Patrick. Yeah. He's the center. Yeah, I think those braces are a big thing for those linemen. They carry that weight on top, up top. And the, those and knees one, are one just slight missed up. Yeah. yeah, and it's gone. But yeah, Sparks, you can mention something here. I don't know if you really have anything to say about Elton Jenkins' loss, but I mean, I'd I'd answer the question with a question: whether Aaron Jones is back or not in the next couple of weeks. Do you use AJ Dillon more, the powerful back who will maybe be able to capitalize, even though the offensive line's getting thin? Because he's more of a bruiser. He's, what, 240-something pounds of man, and he takes contact well. Not saying Jones doesn't, but Jones is more of a speedster. You use him in the pass game as well, whereas Dylan's more of a bruiser. So I'm wondering, even if Jones is healthy, does Dylan's usage go up, especially considering the state of the offensive line? I mean, that's a question I think the Packers are going to have to ask themselves, especially going up against the Rams this next week. You might see um, Dylan get used more, whether Jones is healthy or not. Yeah, I think so. Just kind of bust some holes. Right. And try to get him off the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always said that I think A.J. Dillon is going to be the featured back here in, it, it might not even be five years. It might be less than that. But uh, you, you make a valid point, Corey. Um, yeah, they might. I mean, you might have to go. Although, 
you can view it though with with Jones. He's a quicker back. You don't have to block as long. It's true. I mean, I I don't know. He's smaller too. You don't have to create as big of a hole. Um, he gives you a little more in the passing game. Although Dylan's been pretty good in the in the screen game and in the flat game and all of that. But I don't know. I I think yeah, that's that's something they're gonna have to ponder. Um, receiving wise, what what happened to Lazard? Yeah, I don't know. And then like Rogers is his toe. I didn't. Did he break his toe versus? I think he has turf toe. I haven't seen a break or anything. I'm assuming it's turf toe or some type of like hyperextension. Oh, I mean, I know he like in his his post game thing. I read this today that he was like he had to he had the foot in the ice and the whole nine yards when he was limping up the. Ah, uh, it's gonna make me sad, but Corey, Mister Rogers, I think is getting old. Oh no! I think he's getting. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, what a shame! I just it's gonna it's gonna pain me Sparks, the day when they I let invite him go. you on this show. <laughs> it's gonna pain me when they I've let him nice. go. <laughs> been nice up to this point. I, yeah. I can't help but think you know. I don't know. Maybe you'll get a third Hall of Fame quarterback, and then I'll just leave the division. That that would be smart. <laughs> I th- I've always said, offer Wilson money and he'll come. It's true. Yeah. They're yet to build a defense over there. They're getting worse by the, the season, so. That's my short-term fix. He's got a good 10 years. Yeah, low 30s. Yeah, I would say Wilson would be a good idea, but <laughs> saying. it's going to be a man- matter of getting him off of Pete Carroll's payroll. You throw enough mo- The Packers have got money to spend, That's Johnny. true. I mean, you literally have to just, just throw him money. He'll come. Yeah. And I saw something random, but Roth, they were debating on bringing in Roethlisberger. I'm like, no. Uh, he's halfway out the retirement yeah, door. I was going to say. I'd like to see them try. Really? It was like a blog article of the Packers, and somebody mentioned bringing in Roethlisberger for Rodgers. I'm like, no. I would, have, leap button on that one. I would have more confidence in Mr. Bortles or even Jordan Love <laughs> than I would Ben Roethlisberger I would have more right confidence now. in a play 60 kid yeah. than Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> I mean, he just, I don't think he's... I, I, honest to God, I think he's he's Brett Favre. I mean, he's washed up, and he cannot see it. Yeah. I don't think he has anything left in the tank and definitely nothing to give the Packers. But I did see that on a, one of those Packers chat uh, Facebook okay. things, and it yep. was just like something mentioned, so not anything credited. And it was like... His, his best years are behind I him. I know. I was going to say, like, if Rodgers leaves, I do not want Roethlisberger. That's not going to be any better. Oh my gosh! That'd, That'd be, be worse. Such a Packer move to bring him in, though. It would be. They would do. I feel like they would do. Do crack open the pocketbook for him. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, Big Ben yep. under center. Come here." Yep. I'd be like, "No, come so here with your Super Bowl." Let's talk about the Packers. They have the Rams this coming week, and how do they do in that contest? We'll start with Sparks. Actually, we'll let him get a get his say in first. Yeah, so the Rams are coming off of a bye, and before that, they got woken up by the 49ers in a game that they were supposed to win by quite a bit. I forget what the line was, but that game wasn't even supposed to be watched for ter- for reasons other than fantasy, but the Rams were supposed to win that game. They, they got shut down by the defense of the 49ers, and I believe put up 10 points, so I think this is a Matthew Stafford resurgence game. They have a full two weeks to talk to Odell and teach him the route tree over there in St. Er, Louis. Goodness, yeah, okay. Los Angeles, so I think the Rams actually take this one. Welcome to the club, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm over here struggling, too. Yeah, it's a bunch of dial-up internet around me. I've got, like, get things going. <laughs> yep. But, yeah, I'll take the Rams by a little bit. They're coming off a of bye week, got some things to plan, and they're coming off a tough loss against the 49ers, so I think they're they're wide awake right now as well. 
Burnley? I, I already I think the Packers will lose to the Rams. I mean it's it's in it's in Green Bay, but I don't think it's gonna matter. I just I'm not sure. I don't know. I just the all right, I'll cheer everybody up the on Rams, this fine Monday. The we have Rams kind of a depressing me. crew. They scare uh, me. They don't scare me. It's just the Rams. They scare me. It's. I think the Packers. You know what? I'm gonna be the one man. I'm gonna be the be the team. <laughs> the man of my team. They're a team that looks like could go off at any second, and the Packers could go off as well. As we, I think Maybe. the Packers take Maybe. take this one. It's gonna be a close one. Not gonna Maybe. knock that, but. I think the Packers are going to take this one in a close fashion here at Lambeau on a chilly evening after we're all stuffed with Thanksgiving turkey. On a Mason Crosby field goal? That thing better be from 40 yards or less. <laughs> I think this one will come from a Rodgers right arm. Oh, Into no. the corner of the end zone. A Hail Mary, and nope, there nope, is not, your just, dagger. Nope, like a 17-yard pass, a oh. little post route for Adams into the corner of the end zone. I was thinking Randall Cobb. I don't know. I, I love me I, some cob. Corn on the cob? Yeah. But I definitely think Packers take this one, baby. Got to bet against uh, your uh, bet with your own team. 23-20. 23-20? Yep, I think it's going to be a tight one. I said a Mason Crosby field goal. I guess that would work too, but I think, you know. From like 40 out, and then he and then he does the Lambo leap to end the game. Or 24-20. And, and Joe Buck go. and Troy Aikman are like, yeah, well, the Packers won the game. Uh, <laughs> post game's coming your way after these <laughs> take words. Take us off the mic. Yeah. So let's move on from the Packers now as we have a depressing crew here today. And we'll go over to Hardwood with the Bucks. And looking at their past week, they beat Los Angeles 109-102. Then Oklahoma City on Friday, 96-89. And then Saturday, they won against uh, the Magic, 117-106. Antetokounmpo was leading scorer. He had 47 against the Lakers. And that's quite a bit, but um, so... How do the Bucks finish this season? How do they do um, in terms of the conference standings, which we'll get into? But quickly, let's go to Sparks here. How do they do? For sure, I'll be quick. Yeah, they'll be in the top four, if not top three, of the Eastern Conference. If anyone's worried about the Bucks right now, you have to understand they've been dealing with a lot of injuries. They're also coming off a championship, which none of those players have experienced with that team before. You know, riding their high horse and... I think they'll be fine. They also have the championship schedule, so they've been facing a ton of tough teams. They got a little bit of a break in a Los Angeles team that's trying to figure themselves out. Oklahoma City and Orlando are bottom-of-the-barrel teams, so they will be just fine. They'll be top three in the Eastern Conference by the end of this year. I, I think I agree with Corey. I think the best is yet to come for Milwaukee. Um, uh, Johnny, you and I had the pleasure of watching them Saturday night, and they uh, – it was – Gosh, it was like... That was against Orlando. Yeah, it was a lot to a little at a certain point, but this this comeback, this 117-108 final, I, I mean, I didn't really notice it. I wasn't paying attention all that much. But uh, that has me a little perplexed. But I, I still think, I think Milwaukee will be a, a better second-half half team. And, and as Corey said, probably you know the, 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 the third, the number three seed, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with Corey there. As I think the Bucks are a talented roster. Yeah. I think they got plenty of talent along the roster, but there is one concern that I always have every season. I mention it every season. Do we need to take some pressure off Giannis? He's kind of the center focus, and I get he's the all-star. So you want, like, better guard play? 
just something somebody it's kind of the scoring needs to be kind of if you look down on their lines okay it's always anti the kumpo anti the kumpo anti the kumpo well, all the way look at the individual scoring from saturday night as at the line and then the last three Giannis was the top scorer but do you think okay. they need to kind of spread that offense out a little bit uh sparks we'll start with you yeah holiday's got to step it up man not very efficient from the field i thought right so now. too yeah. he, he has been Kind of a letdown to start the season. He was mm. good last year. Defense, he's still fine. Yeah. Exactly what he was last year, but he's scoring like, yeah. 13 I mean, a game. He's got to step it up. He's it, very inefficient right Giannis now. is carrying the team. Yeah, right? he is carrying the I team. Mean, followed by by Bobby Portis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which isn't all the time. It's, you know, once in a while. But Giannis is night in, night out carrying that team. Chris Middleton's quiet. Uh, he had a quiet 13. But I think, yeah, the guard play needs to pick up a little bit in yeah. order for this Bucks team to really... Be a successful you know, the, the team. Next, you know, if you want to, yeah, if you want multiple, a dynasty, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. But, yeah, so we all agree a little bit more guard play would go quite well for the Bucks. Um, taking a look now, we'll take a look at the Eastern Conference standings and the West. As we see Sparks Bull in a tie for the lead with oh, Brooklyn. Yes. As he was waiting for that. Uh, the Wizards at 11-5 are in third. The uh, Miami Heat are in four at 11-6. Charlotte Hornets at 10-8 and eight are in fifth. And then the Cleveland Ca- Cavaliers, wow. Well, I guess it's a big tie, a 9-8 nine, nine and eight a lot of teams are here. As we look five or, or 6 through 10, they're all 9-8 and eight with the same winning percentage. But the Cavaliers are at the 6 with a 9-8 and eight record in a... You know, 529 winning percentage. The Bulls are 12 and 5. Yes, sir. And they've beaten good teams, too. Wowzer. I'm not giving Sparks too much. <laughs> not today. But taking a look at the West, um, the Warriors 15 and 2, which is, you know, just outrageous how good they're playing. The Phoenix Suns at 13 and 3. Utah Jazz at 11 and 5. Clippers at 10 and 7. And then at 9 and 7 are the Mavericks. And then 9 and 8 are the Nuggets for the top six in the West. So thoughts on the standings from both conferences as we do have two minutes left in the show. We'll start with uh, Sparks. Yeah, in the East, you're going to see two pretenders fall down a little bit. I like the Hornets, but they're still really young and they lack big men down low. So I'm going to say the Hornets fall out. Cleveland Cavaliers just lost Sexton for likely the year. They'll fall out. The top of the West looks pretty true right now. I could see the Warriors, Suns, and Jazz finishing towards the top. The Clippers are being carried by Paul George, so maybe you'll see the Nuggets, a team that's a little more deep, or even the Mavericks go up on top of them. But everything is actually looking pretty true for the most part. You'll just see a couple pretenders fall out. Quickly, Le- is LeBron James hurt? No, he's not. He's, he's back. Not. But he's he, back. he just elbowed like, yeah, he somebody. Got, he got ejected. <laughs> I see him Isaiah the other Stewart. night sitting on the bench. Yeah, he got ejected. He was doing more coaching than he was yeah. but, anything else. But, uh, no, uh, yeah, the right. Warriors being in the top of the West doesn't surprise me. Golden State's good. And my final question of the show, gentlemen, as we do have Thanksgiving coming up, what is your favorite Thanksgiving dish as we look to wrap things up here? Oh, boy. You want me to start? Yeah, we'll start with Brindley. I'm not a fan of pie. I'm more of a chocolate cake kind of guy, so I usually look forward to the dessert. I believe we're having uh, homemade mashed potatoes with baked beans with, like, chunks of bacon in it, 
and some some turkey or some not turkey, some chicken, some some like fried chicken. That sounds delicious. Sparks, over to you. Yeah, give me some sweet potatoes with melted marshmallows over them. If you've never tried it, give it a shot this year. That stuff is sweet potatoes heavenly. are nasty. Yeah, no. I don't. I'm not a big sweet no. potato guy. No I don't slander. even like sweet potato fries. Oh, come on, guys. Ugh. So mine's gonna be the mashed potatoes and gravy. Love the mashed potatoes. Actually, we make smashed potatoes, but <laughs> yeah, those are oh. the go-to dish. In the Samp household. So I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, happy and safe Thanksgiving. We'll be back next week, Monday, for some more. So once again, you're listening to the sports page here on 90.3 WRST-FM Oshkosh.